Well, good morning. It's a beautiful day to be back in God's house, is it not? Um, if you would, turn to page, uh, I'm sorry, not page, we're, we're going to be in Luke, well if you want the page, it's gonna, my Bible is 1434, but uh, in your Bibles it may be different, uh, we're in Luke 7, verses 19 through 23, Luke 7, verse 19 through 23. Once you find it, and if you are physically able to stand, uh, as you would do so for the reading of God's word. Luke seven, starting in chapter or starting in verse nineteen. And John, calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, "Art thou he that should come, or look we for another?" When the men were come unto him, they said, John Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues, and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. To the poor, the gospel is preached. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for just blessing us with another day. We're so grateful for every breath you allow us to breathe. Lord, we just ask that you will be with us today. Lord, I, I pray that, that, that you would imprint on our hearts what you want us to know. Lord, I pray that you will speak through me and that these would be your words and not mine. Lord, speak to us today as your servants are listening. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're like me and, and you heard the words of this text, none of it made sense. None of it made sense to me when I read. Let, 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 let me reread this and, and, and see if you see where I'm confused. And John, calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? When the men were come unto him, they said, John Baptist hath sent us to thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour he cured many in their infirmities and plagues, and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. To the poor the gospel is preached, and blessed is he Whosoever shall not be offended in me. What's going on here? It, it doesn't make sense to me when I, when, I, when I read these things. We have John questioning Jesus as to whether he is actually the Messiah. John the Baptist. Not John the Catholic. That's just some denominational humor. John the Baptist is asking if Jesus 
is the chosen one, if he is the son of God, then he sends two of his disciples to go ask Jesus this. He confides in two of his disciples that he's not sure. Then Jesus, instead of giving an answer, heals people. He heals people. And then tells the disciples, just go tell John what you saw. And then before they leave, Jesus says to them, And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. We're going to try and answer all these questions today. But first, I have a question for you. Have you ever questioned God? Have you ever questioned God? You don't have to raise your hand. But think about it. Have you ever questioned God? We worry that, 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 that we, we, we can't admit this, right? We worry that if we were to admit to actually questioning God, that it would say something about our faith or our lack of faith. We never want to admit inside the walls of a church building, amongst other brothers and sisters, that maybe, just maybe in our darkest hours, that we questioned God's presence in our lives. Because in this building, we're supposed to make it look like we have it all together. We're supposed to make it look like everything is just fine. But what about when it's, what about when it's not? What about when we do question? What do we do? When we call on God. Have you ever had that day? When you just say, really God? This is happening? Really? God, do you see what's happening in my life? How could you let this happen to my family? Lord, I, I, I've been eating right and exercising. How could, how could the doctor say I have diabetes? Lord, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Lord, Lord how, how do I have cancer? Why are these things happening in my life? Have you ever questioned God? If you live long enough and you walk long enough with God, you're going to have some dark seasons in your life. You're going to have some difficult journeys. And if you're honest with yourself, you can admit you've questioned. But I've got good news for you. It's good to ask questions. It shows a sign of growth. As a teacher, I, I, I can tell you that Anytime we teach a lesson, any of the kids in the class could just regurgitate the answer. They could just spit the answer back out at you. But it doesn't show any kind of deeper thought. It doesn't show any deeper understanding of what's happening. You could have somebody sitting in a pew for years that could tell you the gospel. But do they understand it? Do they have a deep Understanding And teachers will tell you that asking the right questions shows a deeper level of understanding. I, when, when, I, when I was thinking about that, I, I remember, I used to love physics in high school. Love physics. And I remember sitting in class, in, in the, uh, and I also love golf. I love physics and golf. That, that was about all I was into in, in, in high school. But the, the teacher was telling us that, um, if you want a ball to go the furthest, 
it needs to take off at a 45 degree angle. Okay? 45 degree angle. That will get, make the ball go the furthest. And my question to him, because I was so interested in this, was then why does the driver, the club that is supposed to hit the ball the furthest, have the flattest face? I was very interested in that. It, 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 I wanted a deeper understanding. And that's what schools are driving kids to do now, is to ask these deeper questions, to really show that they, they, they understand the concepts. It's okay to ask questions of God. Have you ever asked God questions? Have you ever questioned his will, his ways in your life? Have you ever asked him questions? If you have, you're in good company. Job asked. Job questioned God. And he was the holiest man on earth. Job chapter 7, verse 20. You don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll, let me read it to you. It says, have I sinned? He's speaking to God. What have I done to you, O watcher of men? Why have you sent me as your target? Why have you set me as your target? So that I am a burden to myself. Why then do you not pardon my transgressions and take away my iniquity? Now that's questioning God. He's saying, God, things are so bad, I've, I've apparently become your target. You, you, you're attacking me. What have I done? Why won't you forgive my sins? He's questioning God. David questioned God. Psalm 13, verses 1 and 2. David asked God, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? David wants to know where God is. Where is he? Why are you hiding from me? Why, aren't, why don't I see you in my life right now? Why aren't you helping me? Meanwhile, you're letting my enemies become stronger. He's questioning God. Even Jesus. Jesus questioned God. He said, God, does it have to happen this way? If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. When he's hanging on the cross, he questions God. Why have you forsaken me? He questions God. It's okay to question God. Asking questions of God does not say anything about your faith. People think that if they ask God why, it shows a lack of faith, but it doesn't. How you respond to his answer does. Let me say that again. Asking questions of God does not show a weakness in your faith. How you respond to his answer says everything about your faith. These disciples of John don't go to ask Jesus for help. They go to ask him a question. Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? That's the King James. The New King James cleans it up a little bit for our, our, our ears today. And it says, are you the coming one, or do we look for another? The Ben Mitchell translation says, Jesus, are you who you claim to be? Are you the son of God, or was John mistaken? 
That's the question that these disciples have been sent to ask of Jesus. So I want to try and take a look at these, these uh, four things that I find confusing about this scripture. First of all, why is John asking this question? If anyone should know Jesus, it would be John. When John was still six months in the womb, Mary comes to visit Elizabeth to, to, to let her know that, that, that she's pregnant, that, that, that she's going to give birth to the Son of God. And just Jesus' unborn presence in that room made John do backflips in the womb. John sensed the presence of Jesus. He knew Jesus. Some 30 years later, he's baptizing in the Jordan. Who comes down the hill? Jesus. And he recognizes that it's Jesus. We don't read about any introduction. Jesus doesn't walk up to John and say, hey, John, I'm your cousin. You remember me? No. He recognizes who Jesus is. He says, I can't baptize you. You should be baptizing me. He is in awe of Jesus. But Jesus convinces him, no, you need to baptize me. He baptizes him. And what happens? John sees a dove come from heaven. And then he hears the voice of the Father that actually says, this is my son, the one you've just baptized, the one you're holding in your hands, the one you're standing next to. This is my son, and in him I am well pleased. If anybody should know who Jesus was, it's John. John's been out baptizing and preaching the word of God. He has been preaching Jesus. He knows who Jesus is. So why is he asking this question? Well, we don't see it in Luke, but if you read a parallel translation of this story in Matthew, I believe it's chapter 11, we find that John is in prison. He's in prison during this time. If you recall, John was thrown in prison for calling out Herod Antipas for marrying his own uh, sister-in-law. It was an unholy marriage, and John called him out for it. So because he did that, it landed John in prison. Landed John in prison. And if, if, if you'll remember a little bit further, if you'll go a little bit further walk with me here, you'll remember that um, uh, he, he married... Um, Herodias, right? And, and Herodias' daughter danced for him at, at a party. And she danced so well that Herod said, I will give you anything you want. Anything. You name it and it's yours. Well, Herodias apparently holds grudges because she talked to her daughter and said, if this were to happen, you were to ask for John's head. And Herod, apparently being a man of his word, had John decapitated. So, John's been out baptizing and preaching the name of Jesus, and he wants to know, if you are Jesus, if you are the Son of God, how could this be happening to me? I've been doing everything that I'm supposed to do for you and God. I've been preaching your name, and here I am in prison, and it feels like nothing is going to happen. It feels like no help is on the way. John is on death row in a dungeon. 
This is his dark. This is this is a dark season in John's life. Have you ever been in a season that dark? Have you ever been in a season that dark where you're sitting in a prison cell waiting to die? If any one person in history should know better than anyone else, Jesus is who he says he is. If that person can ask Jesus if he's really the Messiah, who are we to think we are so holy that that thought would never even enter our minds? He's asking God, he's asking Jesus because he is human and he is scared. God understands that. God understands that we have these emotions. God understands that we are simple creatures that don't understand his ways. He understands we get scared. And he doesn't get angry. Look what Jesus does. Jesus doesn't get angry. He doesn't yell at the disciples. He doesn't start slapping people around saying, how could you ask such a question? He doesn't do that at all. He begins blessing others. Second thing that I find uh, somewhat confusing to me is how could John admit to his disciples that he wasn't sure about Jesus? How could he admit that? John is struggling with his faith and he has two people in his life that he could turn to and confide in. This man is a preacher. He's preaching the word of God. And he's turned to two people and said, I'm not so sure. It's hard for us to do, isn't it? To, to confide in people about, about those types of things. Too often we worry about what other people are going to think or say about us if we show or, or admit to our brothers and sisters that we question God's presence in our life. It's a matter of being vulnerable. Are we close enough as a church family? Do you love your brothers and sisters enough? And do you feel their love enough that you're able to be vulnerable in front of them? In church, among other believers, we need to pretend like we have it all together. How are you doing? Somebody might ask you, oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. What if we were honest with one another? What, what, what if you came into church and, and, and we were having uh, fellowship and you go shake somebody's hand? How are you doing today? Been a bad week. Pray for me. That's completely acceptable. That's what God wants from us as a church family to be able to, to, to pray for one another. That's what we're here for. That's why we have church. We need to be honest with one another. But John was fortunate enough to have two people in his life he could trust that wouldn't judge him. Look at what these disciples did. They went straight to Jesus. They didn't stop and start talking about John behind his back. They didn't post John's question on Facebook for the world to see. They didn't look down at him or abandon his ministry. They went straight to Jesus. Do you have anyone in your life like that? That if you shared your struggles with them, the only person that you know that they would go to is Jesus. Amen. 
Someone that you could trust to pray for you, to pray you through that circumstance you're going through. You need to have people in your life that know how to pray for you. Let me ask you a question. If you were in a coma, you're in the hospital, you're in a coma, and the doctor says 50-50 chance you make it through the night. The 50-50 chance you can make it through the night. How many people do you have in your life that you could trust to pray you through it? Can you name them? Can you think of them in your head? How many people do you have in your life that you could trust to pray you through the night of a 50-50 chance? Those are the people we need in our lives. So here's something else that I found odd about this passage. John is struggling with his faith. He's in prison, and he could be executed any day, and he wants to know if Jesus is truly the Son of God, because if he is, John wants him to come to his rescue. If you're truly God, and I'm doing your will, rescue me. Do this for me. Allow me to keep doing what I've been doing. But what does Jesus do instead? He heals other people. Doesn't do anything for John. So how does Jesus healing other people help John? Jesus, I'm struggling. How does blessing her help me? How does someone I don't know getting their sight back get me out of prison? How does you giving him the ability to walk prevent me from being executed? Are you just building these people up to, to, to make an army to come rescue me? What's happening here? You see, we have a very limited view when it comes to the blessings of God. The only blessing we seem to care about is the ones that affect us. Kate and I had a, had a difficult week. Um, as you know, we've been praying for this, uh, this job uh, for Kate to get at um, Pineville. And uh, we thought it, it would be the perfect job. She'd be incredible at it. It would help us out tremendously financially. It's in a great location. She could walk right down the street to go to the job. The kids would benefit from her being there. And we have prayed diligently for over a week that she would get this job. And she didn't get it. And I'll be honest with you, I was angry. I felt as though... I felt as though our prayers went unheard. We prayed so long and so hard about this that we almost felt sure that she was going to get this position. We had already planned six months down the road for when she got this position, what we were going to be doing. I was angry. And truth be told, I, I thought that there were some, um, some shady things that happened behind the scenes uh, that... that 
they, they probably, and I'm not going to say they didn't, because I, I, they, they may have. But as I was um, driving to, uh, to work, I, I was ready to be angry at everybody. I was, I was just ready to, to give everybody the cold shoulder, to give everybody the scowl, you know, just, just ignore people. I, I was just, I was fed up. And so to take my mind off it, I started thinking about this, this passage, this scripture. And it, it lifted that burden that I was feeling in my heart. I, it, it was almost like God answered the question for me. And his answer was, why doesn't the person who got the job deserve to be blessed? And it hadn't occurred to me. I, was, I, I had that narrow scope, that, that view of it's us. Why aren't we being blessed? And, and I thought of the scripture of Jesus not, not helping John in that situation, but blessing others. And it, it made me think, well, why doesn't this woman deserve to be blessed? We don't know anything about her. Um, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, that, that has helped me tremendously. It has been an encouragement to me tremendously in the last couple of days to get over um, the disappointment that we were feeling. Um, and that's a hard pill to swallow. You know, you, 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 but you have to be a selfish Christian to limit, to, to, to limit the goodness of God to the blessings for yourself, right? God, God is so much more capable, and we would be too selfish to only expect blessings for ourselves. We need to learn to give God praise when he blesses others. It's not all about us. That's why church is important. It's in church where God gives us examples and evidence of his answering prayers. When we get to fellowship with brothers and sisters and they can tell us about things that are happening in their daily lives and how God is working through them. That's why we got to come to church. That's why we need to share with one another. That's why we need to be honest with one another so that we can pray for one another. And when those prayers are answered, you can go to that person and say, Thank you for praying for me. So why does God choose to bless others in response to John's question? Because Jesus is showing John that just because John isn't getting what he wants or feels like he deserves does not mean God lacks power. God loves, God cares, God heals people. God is still working today, blessing people. Miracles are happening all around us. And just because they aren't happening to us doesn't mean that they aren't happening. We need to be grateful and praise him for what he is doing in our community, to our friends, even to our enemies. We need to praise him for those blessings. One last thing that uh, was a little puzzling was the last thing that Jesus tells these disciples when they leave. Why did Jesus say, 
And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Well, the first part should sound familiar. If you've read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes always start, blessed is he who this, blessed is he who that. So he's starting off uh, this the same way. So who is he saying are the blessed? Whosoever shall not be offended in me. The word offended in the Greek is scandalizo. And it means to trip up or entice to sin apostasy. I saw apostasy. I said, what's apostasy? I, I, I didn't know. I probably could have gone to Kate, but I looked it up. And I won't put her on the spot. But apostasy is the abandonment of a religion or political belief. So Jesus is saying, blessed are those who don't give up on me. Blessed are those that don't abandon their faith in me. Just because God doesn't do what you think he should is no reason to give up on him. He's saying, John... Even though you are in prison on death row, don't allow that to abandon your faith. It is not here that you will be truly blessed. It is in heaven that your inheritance waits. In closing, we're going to go through some difficult times in life. Life isn't going to seem fair. You're going to question God and his will in your life. Don't allow that to make you fall away from him. Keep your faith in him and recognize that he is still at work in the world today. John asks a very simple question. It really only required a yes or no answer. Are you the son of God? Jesus never gave him an answer. Real faith is not in the answer. It's in remaining faithful even when we don't get an answer. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you so very much for your word. Lord, every, every time we open it, I just pray that we would learn from you, that we would, you would imprint on our hearts what you would have us learn, Lord, that you would just soften our hearts to flesh and imprint your word on it so that we can carry it with us everywhere we go. Lord, I am so sorry for limiting my scope of your blessings to my own life. Lord, I pray that you allow me to see this world through your eyes. Allow me to see the blessings that you are bestowing upon other people. Lord, we're so grateful for you and everything that you do, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of others. Lord, I pray that you will just Continue to allow us to see those ways. We pray that you'll be with us today and and keep us safe, happy, healthy, and most of all, loved. Allow us to, to show your love to someone this week that maybe doesn't know you. Allow us to be a light that would lead them out of the darkness and to your Savior's feet. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.